Hey there, Trail Tailors. It's Sean here, just in the car on my way to the final edition of Chase the Coyote at Mono Clips. And uh, yeah, just driving there. It's exciting to be doing a live event. I don't do these too often, so got the nerves going a little. It's kind of fun, kind of exciting. Uh, my friend and uh, frequent guest on the show, Victor Blanco, is uh, running the race with me today. And uh, yeah, looking forward to it and seeing Jody and Norm down there. Um, it's a really nice day. It's a little bit hazy, but the sun's already kind of burning the haze off in the air. And uh, it's going to be a nice, nice day for a run. And uh, I'll check in with you later on uh, during the race and we'll snap some photos. All right. About to run wild. All right. I'm here with Victor and we're walking up to the main event area. Race starts in... 45 minutes if we're on time? Yeah, 45 minutes. <laughs> Got the Ultra Superiors and the, the Nike Wild Horse. So uh, it'll be a good day. That's we'll check I in later. All right, we're off. We are crossing the start line now. Here we go. Hey, Victor. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? All right, good crowd here. Starting up on the descent. So beautiful day. A lot of people. Check in later. Alright, at the top of Cardiac Hill, Victor dropped me. Alright, it's starting to come down a bit. Probably walk the last third of it. Like a true neighbor, Victor's there waiting for me. <laughs> Do we have to climb over this style? Yes, you want the badge. <laughs> I don't need the badge. <laughs> All right. Good job up the hill, Victor. How do you feel? Good, good. Good stuff. It's almost near the north end of the park now. Near 25th side road. In about a K. I imagine we'll loop back down. All right. Checking up the stairs of death. Or whatever they're called. <laughs> All right. It's the 11K mark. And uh, I'm all by myself. Somebody behind me. But I don't see them. Victor's ahead of me and I don't see him. So I'm all by myself. Beautiful part of the trail. Oh, feeling good. Challenging. Oh, a lot of incline. Decided to just uh, walk the hills. Because, uh, again, just my lack of training, which is fine. But uh, still challenging myself and trying to push it a bit. Lots of fun, lots of fun here. I only tripped once and I didn't even fall. It was just a stumble. Stayed on my feet, which is great. My last chase of Cody, I fell four times. So I made it through the roots of all evil. I've got some pictures I'll put up on Instagram as well for you guys to see. Beautiful running conditions today. Great crowd of people. And uh, yeah, I'm sure Victor's up there waiting for me at some point. He's been, <laughs> he's been a loyal friend. Every time he drops me, he waits for me. But I told him, I said, look, we're at the last leg. Just if you want to drop me, drop me. I'll see him at the finish. All right, guys. 
check in there at the end. All right, just past the finish line about a minute ago. Victor, how you doing? Good, good. Pushed it, pushed it near the end, eh? Yeah, you made me push. <laughs> I wanted Victor to drop me. I said, just go, man, finish strong. Here comes a 50K finisher, four hours, 51 minutes. Wow, good stuff. I think I finished around an hour 50. It was a lot of good climbs in there. Yeah, so it was a good run. All right, guys, we'll wrap this up here and uh, I'll get to my desk and we'll add all this into the podcast. Talk to you later. Run wild. Run wild. All right, well, I hope you guys enjoyed coming along for a bit of the 16K Chase Security run with Victor and myself. Uh, we had a great time out on the trails. It was beautiful. Couldn't ask for better conditions. Thanks to Gotta Run Racing and Jody and Norm for putting on such a great race for the past 10 years. Uh, as we say goodbye to Chase Coyote, we have said hello to a bunch of other uh, running series that they've put on this year. I haven't been to any of them yet, but uh, next year we'll be checking them out. So stay tuned for that. And let's get on to Season 7, Episode 9 of Trail Tales ARP, a running podcast. With our guest this week, Isaac Kenyon. Hey, it's Shannon. You may know me as Be Short Run Ultra. I offer mindset and mental wellness services to endurance athletes so that they can finish stronger in their races and in day-to-day life. People can exercise their minds by learning mental and behavioral strategies that can power them through a challenging race or a challenging week that they're facing at home. A few areas that we can improve are self-care, habits, goal setting, work-life training balance, women's issues, mindfulness, visualization, and coping with injury. We're more than athletes. Each of us play multiple important roles in our lives. So it's critical that we take full care of ourselves. I'm here to support you. If you're interested, then adventure over to finishstrongermindsetcoaching.com. From the trails to the road to the track. If it's running, you'll find it right here on Trail Tales ARP. Run wild. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Trail Tales ARP. I'm your host, Sean Sobon. Russell, the runner, is away today as he is preparing for a move out to British Columbia in just a few short days. I have a very interesting and wonderful guest with us today. He's a philanthropic world record-breaking British eco-adventurer, an energy transition spatial analyst slash researcher, a fellow of the World Geographical Society of London and the Geological Society of London, as well as a trustee for Mind Mental Health Charity. Isaac seeks to make a positive difference to the planet in search of climate solutions. He's founded Climate Explorers and he swum seas, climbed mountains, rode oceans and cycled toward countries and even cycled over the sea. And to add to his great list of accomplishments, he's now a guest on Trail Tales ARP. Isaac Kenyon, welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank you. It's 
pretty cool honor to be on on your show. I've listened to it for a very long time, and uh, really happy to be on here. Wow, thank you so much for that. It's 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 amazing to hear that you're you're actually a listener of the show. Um, I'm humbled by that. Thank you. Yeah, I think you have some really cool guests to come on, and just I will say today the way the way it's just it's, you bring out the um, the realness for someone just anyone to to pick up this sport or get involved in the trails and understand trails. Yeah, thank you. It's uh, it's 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 such a wonderful thing to be out on the trails and and running in general, whether it's road or trail. I think it's so important for well-being, not only physical but but mental and spiritual as well, on a certain level. And uh, you know, I've had guests in the past where we've we've talked about mental health. It's it's an important topic to myself, as we had mentioned um, just before we started recording that I, I work as a paramedic, and mental health is something that we. Uh, really are starting to pay attention to now back in the past we were very much a stoic um, industry where you kind of didn't talk about emotions and, and things and difficult subjects and we just kind of soldier on um, but now you know we've started to kind of catch up with with mental health and how important it is and how it is you know to take care of ourselves and you know, you you have quite a few accomplishments, and we will get to the mental health thing. But I want to cover some of the some of these amazing things that you've you've accomplished so far um, in the in the name of helping others. And one of the biggest things, and I guess one of the most recent things, is is your Welsh Three Peaks Challenge um, that you recently accomplished in Wales, and you hold a record for this now. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, how that all began and what it is. So the Welsh Three Peaks Challenge was kind of something that I, I made up it's it's not an organized event it was all you know logistics I created the route I, I chose the challenge because it's the three sort of big peaks that sort of make up Wales from North Wales to South Wales and I wanted to do a huge run I, I've never ever run further than a marathon and there was always something in my mind from previous expeditions that I've done like ultra rowing rowing across oceans and things like that what would it be like to do a massive run so i thought about making a huge run um and then these three peaks um the snowdonia mount snowden in uh, snowdonia national park in north wales uh Keda idris which is um in southern snowdonia national park and Penafan, which is in brecon beacons national park in south wales i thought that let's do a run that links them up together and another thing I wanted to do was really immerse myself in the best nature there is to offer in, in the UK. And from a lot of previous trips and adventures that I've done in Wales, I've always done a few dip, dip-ins where I've kind of got lost a bit, you know, two hours here in the wild outdoors. And I just thought there's so much more to this country. There's so much more space and immersive nature out there than pretty much anywhere in the UK that I've been to apart from maybe Scotland mm -hmm. so I wanted to kind of create a route where I get lost <laughs> um and the other third reason um I wanted to do it was solo I've done so many things as a team I've always bounced off people um you know when we have difficulties in the first places I've always had someone there to chat to we've always worked out the difficulties together this time it was about working out the difficulties on my own, which is something that then translates to the cause of why I did it, which was mental health, raising awareness of mental health. Many people fight these battles on their own. They are struggling alone and they don't have someone to talk to. 
or they don't know that they have someone to talk to or they don't have the courage or the energy to go talk to somebody so being in a situation where I don't have anyone to talk to and then I have some big adverse massive mountains to summit and climb and I'm away from you know civilization quite a bit um and I might not have enough water or you know all these things that can go in your mind those were the challenges that I thought might be uh, interesting to 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 um to attempt so that was also part of the the run so there's many reasons why I did it um but it's an exciting challenge and I'm the first person ever to do this and I anyone listening um if you would like to attempt it please do bring a uh one of those sort of filtration water bottles because mm-hmm. that thing saved my life out there I ran out of water so much because that elevation is a lot. The elevation was about the height of Everest I did. And you're just sweating all your water out all the time. But the good thing about Wales was there was tons of streams that you could fill up from. So, but you do want to have you know, filter, a filtered water, one that filters out that sort of mm-hmm. diseases so and things like sick. that. Yeah. yeah, but I would love I would love someone who's listening to, to give it a go um, and, and tell me how they got on with it. It's a really good challenge. I, I saw the best of Wales from doing that, that run. That, it's, it's that, that is an incredible challenge. You could start off with an FKT, like the fastest known time. There's a, there's a trail here in, in the province in which I live, Ontario, called the Bruce Trail. And it's uh, roughly a 930-kilometer trail um, across, you know, a portion of the province. Like, Ontario is, is massive, so this doesn't even cover, you know, it's a, a drop in the bucket for the province, but, but still there are people that will run it. Um, and I think I had Steve Kenny, he lives in Owen sound and he was on the show and he, uh, he had run it. I think his, he had the fastest record uh, for men, but I think it's, it's recently been broken, but it was, it took, uh, Oh, I think he did it in eight days, something along wow. those lines, but it's, it's incredible. It's an incredible event, but hundred, hundred K a day, a, a pretty much about that. Yeah. So, you ran um, in this three peaks challenge. It was roughly the elevation of Mount Everest. And it was a distance I'm reading here, 233 kilometers, which is yeah. incredible. And having never run anything farther than a marathon prior to this, um, you know, is, is remarkable. And I really want to go back to how you kind of uh, compared the physicality and the, and the features of this challenge to what it might be like for somebody who's struggling with mental health issues as well. Right. Like you, you may have some peaks and valleys and huge, yeah. huge mountains to have to climb. And for you to choose to do this alone um, really kind of mirrors what a lot of people are going through in terms of their own mental health struggles. Totally. I, I really, I really appreciate the way you kind of design that it's, it's very metaphorical. Yeah. And there was a lot of tools that I learned. Um, that I developed as well on the run that I think would be quite useful for someone who's struggling with mental health. It, you know, ones that I got from doing the run were some things like um, when you are running in a state of overhype, you know, when you get very hyped up, hyperactive thinking, wow, I've got 50 kilometers more to run. I'm not going to be able to do it. My legs aren't doing it. Oh, I'm struggling. I'm stuck on this hill. I'm running out of water, all these things your mind goes into hyperdrive and then suddenly within 15 to 20 seconds you're talking yourself out of it you're talking negative thoughts you're thinking like this so i was using nature and basically i would just stop running if i felt like this and i would just stop like and just stare like a river 
watch the water or like look at the trees, look at birds and just stop running and just take in nature. Because what it did, it just focused my mind back, slowed everything down. And then I felt comfortable and confident again so I could carry on. And I think in life, when you do have those sort of scenarios in, I don't know, depression or ADHD or whatever it is, having the ability to tap into something that's free like nature and using that as a way to sort of break down that hyperactivity, that's something that can really help someone just get through the day quite comfortably so they can manage their moods, their, their mental state quite well. So that was really one of like one of the tools, but there were so many other tools that I learned. Um, and I really liked running at night, um, like towards the end of the day, at sort of the nighttime runs, like anything at night. Yeah, because I felt like my senses were more focused on what was in front of me and less of how fast and how far things are. So I think that was quite good because, it, you know, in a state of mental health, sometimes you have millions of things that are, you know, swarming around your mind or how, and, and that can be quite overwhelming. So being able to bring focus into one or two aspects of your life rather than trying to address 10 things at once, um, that, was, that was quite a good tool. Um, and then positive self-talk. Yeah. So obviously what was really interesting when I was doing that run was that usually when I do these events, there's someone to bounce off. Oh, I'm not feeling good. My legs are aching. Uh, what do you think I should do? Should we do some stretches? Should we have a stop at like, so what I did, I ended up splitting my, my mind up. I had a bit of a split personality when I was running and I would talk to myself. So I had the inner, inner head, inner self checking in with myself. Like, how are you feeling? What are you doing? Do you think like you need to have a little break now? Do you need to drink more water? Do you think you're running out of electrolytes? Is your salts running? Like you start talking to yourself like it's your mate. And then you have little you know, jokes, you know, when it's pouring down with rain and it, it sucks. You just start laughing at the situation, having a, a, a good old jolly and just accepting that, you know, it can only it can only go up from here, right? You're completely drenched and you've, you're yeah. going up a, up, a, up a steep hill. It can't get any harder or worse. So you're just laughing like, if I can do this, then I can do the rest of the challenge. So there was there was a lot of like talking with myself and that I think, you know, people might see that as crazy. What the hell? He split personality himself. He split himself in half and he's chatting to himself when he's running. That sounds mental if you're listening. That probably does sound a bit mental, but it is. It's mental health. You're dealing with a mental health um, thing that you're trying to, you've got this big challenge. You're trying to get over the adversity. And if this is what works, why wouldn't you? Um, so I think that's quite, quite um, important. And I think sometimes people don't listen to their inner self as well. So their mm -hmm. body's crying out, stop doing this. And then they, they have another head but says, no, keep pushing on. You must deliver this project for your boss. And your other body saying, you are totally trashed. Your head is not there. You're so ill. You need to rest. And you've got two battles going on. And I think sometimes listening to the one that says rest and, and, and learning to, to tap into that, that, that part of your, your mindset, I think is quite important. And I had to do that in that run. I didn't run the whole thing you know, consistently without stopping. I did stop a few times and I had to have little breaks and things. Yeah. And I think sometimes in, in life, people with mental health problems develop it from maybe over heightened stress and over pressure and they just keep pushing themselves. I think that's quite common right now where we're all trying to deliver more than we can. 
and and we're just pushing ourselves into the ground um and i think you know going back to some of these tools that are learned on the run would be quite useful yeah absolutely you you touched on a, a lot of a lot of interesting and important topics there and i think I have actually, I, I very recently completed um, a course that was offered to me through my employer called Before Occupational Stress. And it was developed by a uh, psychologist and psychiatrist out in Calgary, Alberta. Very good course. And it was all about kind of learning how to kind of um, know how you're feeling and recognize when, when you're not right. And um, they, they got into a lot of like science behind it too which was really interesting they talk a lot about the amygdala and the the prefrontal cortex in our minds and the amygdala is kind of that fight or flight center in the brain and when we don't deal with with traumas that we experience or, or difficulties um there are actual physical changes in that brain and, and they grow and then you can have atrophy in other areas of the brain so it's it's almost like you have to find a way to to deal with or explore the emotions associated with whatever trauma you've experienced to kind of take that memory because it's always going to be there and move it out of the amygdala into the prefrontal cortex where you can kind of detach from the emotions because I think a lot of times when people um, are diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder, a lot of that is kind of constantly reliving a trauma and moment. And then it's like you're back there as it's happening to you, even though it could have been years and years ago. And you know, one of the things I learned in this course, it was, it was really interesting. They had a firefighter there who had, had taken the course and he was kind of providing some testimony. And he had said that he had heard one of the presenters say to him that, you know, and this, this touches on the self-talk that you were doing, like your split personality saying, you know, the one person you spend the most time in the world with is, is you and that voice in your head. So you, you kind of have to be kind to yourself. And you had mentioned the positive talk. I think that that is so very important. And I myself can know that, you know, I can, if I come up to a challenge or a struggle or, or even like a perceived failure, I can be pretty hard on myself too, as well. Right. It's a kind of the expectation. So I think like you had said, you have to be a little bit gentler, positive talk to yourself. And you had also touched upon, you know, cracking the whip. You've got to get this project done. You've got to get that project done. Keep working, 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 working. And it's a way of, of distraction almost where you can kind of sometimes overwork yourself because you're trying to avoid having to deal with whatever emotions or feelings or negative mental health issues that, that are kind of simmering there in the background, right? So you distract yourself. It's, it's uncomfortable to want to deal with that, right? And, yeah. and eventually though, that's going to that's going to break. You're going to run yourself to the ground, like just like you said, and then you're going to have, you know, a disaster to deal with. Totally. Yeah, I completely agree. And another, here's a tool with that one as well. Learning to do the difficult task first rather than the easy task. So you have me when I was doing the run, I chose the most difficult part of the route first. I did the most longest part of the run first everything the most difficult part out the way first and i do that with in, in in all my life at the minute i have a list like everyone has sometimes a list that they have to do in a day work list life list you know just a list so things that you want to accomplish or things you, you have in your day what are the big 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 ones that in that list would kind of alleviate a lot of stress pressure things like this those are the ones that most people put off 
And what happens is you end up doing all these small like tick box ones, easy ones. And then you have this big overarching cloud over your head. As you know, the big one's still there. It's still there. It's not leaving. And that over time, you're just filling up a cup of worry. So I always, in any expedition run, whatever I do, tackle the big, big task, the difficult task, the one that scares you. Tackle the thing that scares you. Dress it. And then from that point, you won't have this overarching cloud over your head for days and days and days that just builds up. And then you can feel a lot happier and easier. I, I find that's mm -hmm. a tool that I learned. Might not necessarily work for everyone, but it works for, it works for me really well. What advice would you give um, in terms of preparing oneself to take on that difficult task first? Do you just kind of go into it or is there like a, like a planning phase or like, how would you, how would you prepare to take on whatever challenge it may be? Cause there's yeah. a lot of, you know, that mind body connection, which can cause like, you know, physical stress, like, oh, sore stomach, whatever. Right. Like, how do you, how do you kind of overcome that or try, yeah. to, try to mitigate that? At least? I think it's through experience of having done these difficult tasks before and the feeling that you get from accomplishing them and getting them done. I mean, there's nothing quite like, you know, run, you know, hiking Everest to the top rather than getting a helicopter. That just gets you up there at the top. It's that that graft, that tackling, that scary thing. Like it's 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 emotional, spiritual. It's you know, it can be physical. Uh, it could it could it's mental as well. I mean, it targets all of them, and I find that the best way to 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 kick off is like you have a list that you need to do over a month or something what on that list scares you the most and then look at that and then what you do is right how can i make this less scary what can i do to make this less scary and then that's what i did with this run i looked at the run i was like 233k i have never run further than a marathon this scares me this is big so what can i do to make this less scary and that might nest not, not necessarily jump you don't jump jump straight in you build up maybe some some tools to to, to deal with with what you're trying to do so you research about this thing that you have to do as much as possible research talk to people ask people for advice you've got this big thing that you need to deal with what should i do and then you're building little ad advice toolkits things like that and before you know it, you've got an arsenal and then you feel a little bit more ready for what you're about to do rather than you're going straight into it and then that thing that was quite scary is not because you're starting to reduce all the risks of it because mm. you're getting research and advice and bits and pieces like that and you you might want to do a few other tasks that help that task little ones that assist with that that task so when i was doing that 233 kilometer run for instance i would start doing sort of fairly longish runs not like marathons we're doing a sort of a you know 30 40k run for instance to see how my body reacts when i run out of water so why i used to what i was doing and in my training was I'm trying to simulate what could happen in the 233k so i would go with less water than i needed on my training session i would go and do my training session with hardly any sleep the night before because that would simulate running on no sleep and i would do these things to reduce the risk and that would make that big ticket item 
less scary because you're starting to do your your preparations, your mental toolkit, you're building your your arsenal and that sort of thing. So I, I hope that kind of makes sense for people. Well, I, I think it certainly does. Um, you know, it, it's it's very smart to have that foresight to say like, okay, what could happen while I'm out there and how can I simulate that? Because if you're experiencing it under quote unquote safe conditions, right? Where this is just a training run and I'm purposefully taking less water than I know I'm going to need. You know, if, if things go awry, I'm safe no, because yeah, I'm, stop. I'm close to home. I've got somebody yeah. with me or I'm not stuck out there. And then if you do end up experiencing those conditions in the real run, um, you, you have that, um, that experience, a previous experience. So you don't have to kind of panic because you know, okay, I, I will be okay. Eventually this is, I was able to handle this before. I know I can do it again. And, and you were prepared because like you had those, those water purifying models and things like that. I just need to find a stream and here we go. Right. Pretty much. I was like, where is the sound of the water? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So it sounds like you, you, you did a lot of preparation prior to the event, which, which is necessary for taking on a challenge this big, this, this run this big and doing it solo as well. So again, that kind of translates, I guess, into life where you have those lists and you have those tasks and you have something big ahead of you it's okay to take some time, do some research, reach out to other people. And like you said, prepare yourself. So you have the tools that you need to kind of deal with whatever it is that might be ahead of you. Yeah. I, I used to years and years ago when I was younger, just run into these things, these big things and get spat back out being like, oh, God, I don't know what I'm doing. I can't just completely overwhelmed and just feeling sorry for myself because I just wasn't putting in the preparation time for any of it. And it, it wasn't working out for me but it, it now <laughs> lessons learned and another massive massive thing with um from the run um is that every time you get over something that was quite big everyone does get over something new whether that's the first time you you know walk down that road before and you really enjoyed it or whether that's like the furthest place furthest you've ever run or you ventured on a new trail that you've never done before that you found scary before or something like this, or you've done something that you've overcome that was scary. I find that people sometimes, and I am guilty of it too, rush into the next thing. Oh, I can do something bigger, or better, or faster. And not take the time to just sit there, reflect on what went well. Why did you like it? How did it go? What did you learn from that process? Because in that time, that's where the golden nugget is. In that time, that learning process, when you stop, you take in the success that you've had, and you think, okay, what what did I learn from this, and how could I reapply that before maybe rushing into the same thing again or something else? And I think that's yeah. that was something that I learned uh, on the run. I ran a hundred k, and I said, that's a success. Okay, what's been going well so far? So I was doing a lot of reflection process during the run itself, and then I was trying whatever was going well, I was repeating what wasn't going well. I was trying to change it up throughout that run. So my strategy at the start of that run was totally different at the end of that run <laughs> really so things had changed based on yeah, your experiences the, during the journey the way i ran uh, i wasn't running the same i had different style running um i was using my equipment i was my my feed was different um there was all sorts of things that i was doing uh, obviously the mindset the tools i was building you know i was co- collecting tools that i was using and then towards the end of the run I was so in charge of the run, I could have gone further. 
I mean, I could, I reckon I could have done another four or five days because of what I learned from the two or three days before that during the run build up. I was getting stronger because I was doing that reflection process all the way through. Wow. So you, you were in the groove. You were, you were like, I can just keep on going. That's incredible to hear. The first day was rubbish. Yeah. Yeah. The first day was rubbish and I had to shake things up. The second day, it got a bit easier because I shook things up. The third day, I shook things up again. And and then the fourth day, it was, yeah, I was exhausted, but I did feel like I could keep going. And that was more from, I think, building that mindset toolkits and, 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 and uh, reflecting throughout the run and changing it up. Yeah. Did, um, did you have kind of a, a plan as to how much time you're going to spend on your feet each day, like running from, you know, a certain time to a certain time, or did you just kind of go with how you were feeling physically? Yeah. I mean, the, I did have a plan. It didn't go to plan, but I had a plan. <laughs> I was, I, I was, I was going for the um, sort of, I was thinking eight hours to 10 hours a day on the feet. Yeah. Um, I mean, some days that, you know, it went up to like 16 hours, uh, other days it was, um, the last day was a lot shorter actually than I thought it was going to be. And I was about seven, six, seven hours, something like this. Um, but yeah, I did, I did have a plan, plan for it. Um, I was, I was going to run consistently all the way through as well and just push myself, um, like with no sleep and things like this, but I have done a no sleep endurance challenge in the past before and it, I have experienced it. I did a three days and 10 hours consistent row with no breaks, um, on an indoor row machine broke a record for that. And the way the mind degrades with no sleep in that scenario, I, there was, I think I would trip, break my leg, many, many issues. So I did have sleep breaks when I went, um, cause I just thought it'd be, I'd be stupid not to. Mm. That's, that's, it's smart to be able to kind of reduce certain risks. Yeah, I want to run again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You don't want to get I love the trail. Yeah, I yeah. love the trails. And it goes back to one of these mindful things as well about the run. I didn't have a time in mind. Right. I wasn't going for a time. So that means I wasn't looking at my watch all the time. I wasn't like, oh, I'm on my pace. I'm on I wasn't doing that. I wasn't obsessing over time. I wasn't taking risks running a bit faster um, in some slightly diff- difficult terrain. So I didn't have to do these like ginormous long stints throughout the night running and, and stuff like that. It was a bit mm-hmm. more safe, safe um, and, and also mentally healthy. I was enjoying the run more. I wasn't focusing on a watch time. Yeah. I was taking in what was around me and just like understanding how my body felt and things like that. Yeah. That really takes a lot of the pressure off, I would imagine. It takes a lot of the pressure off. And that I think is why people enjoy running like sometimes <laughs> sometimes i wonder it's like do people really care about the times or uh, is the times just so that you can force yourself to run because you need to beat your time yeah or do you just generally just like running do you just want to do running or do you want to just face a, a stopwatch all the time i don't yeah i i always try to pose that question to anyone listening um yeah no, it's 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 a great question, and, and there's so many different answers to that question. I know personally for myself, I just enjoy running, and you know that's why I don't really do so many races. Like I'm very selective if, if I'm going to actually sign up for a race. 
um, because I don't really care about the times. Like it's just, I want to enjoy yeah. it and, and for the health benefits and everything and enjoy the experience. But I know like I had talked to a lot of people and, and during the COVID lockdowns that we had had all over the world, like the race industry was shut down other than, you know, there were kind of virtual races kind of started popping up, but a, it hurt a lot of people, runners, because a lot of people or a lot of runners use a, a race that they sign up for as their motivation to train and get out and do their running. Right. Whereas, yeah. where, whereas, you know, people like me, it didn't really affect my running. I'm like, Oh, I have more time to run now or whatever it is. Right. So, but a lot of people lost motivation because, Oh, there's no race to train for. So what's the point in going out? Oh, you can create your own race. Like I did you can <laughs> yeah. create your own challenge. Yeah. You, you know. well, exactly. but the problem, I, I generally feel like those people, they just want to run with other people. Yeah. If the community, you know, there's, that right at the race star when you're all jumping up and down doing a warm up having a great it's really fun and i i know what that's like it's like you you're all you're in this tribal sort of i love running we love running <laughs> let's all <Yeah>. run <laughs> <laughs> so true so true there is nothing like being in that environment it's so positive full of great energy and yeah you have complete strangers cheering for you like you're, you're a star athlete you know it's it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a really cool experience <laughs> yeah yeah for sure um so I had a question for you. Now I just kind of lost my train of thought. Oh yeah, here we go. So she had, you had mentioned that when maybe uh, things started to feel a little bit overwhelming on the run, you would take the time and just stop and focus on a stream or focus on just what was in front of you. I wanted to ask, have you ever heard of the practice of forest bathing? Yes, I have. I've, I've attempted. Um, you have, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's really cool. It's very interesting. So my wife is a writer for a, a health and lifestyle magazine. My wife wrote an article on forest bathing and she went and, and had taken like a one-on-one -on -one class with somebody who lives, uh, he's a retired school counselor. So um, anyhow, she went and did this experience and he was saying, you know, trail running and hiking, it's great to be out in nature. It's like the forest bathing, you can, you can take three hours to maybe move two meters because you're just kind of looking at everything around you and just trying to you wanted the with the forest i don't i if i am correct i think it originated in japan or it's a japanese yeah 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 it's a japanese yeah 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 that's taking over so you you've you've attempted it yourself have you yes i have um not long not um it, it was it was an hour and yeah i think a lot of it is general sort of meditation yogi type but with the sounds of nature and being more in tune with the outdoors and I think also there's a lot more um, science, ecology type stuff behind it as well, which is which makes there, it more interesting. No, there is. And they actually like, you know, they look at the forest bathing and there are actual like tangible benefits that that people gain by doing the forest bathing. And they actually have um, you can get certified forests for for this practice where they, they look at all the, the composition of the forest, the breeze, the, the dampness like all of that, if there's, if there's water features, like they will say, okay, this is like, you know, a certified area to do it. I guess some areas are better than others to do, to do the practice, but yeah, really interesting. So when you had mentioned, you know, you would just stop and take them in, I'm like, sounds like forest bathing to me. Right. <laughs> yeah. The little little um, forest bathing sessions along the route. Yeah. I mean, I went through about eight, I must've gone through uh, at least 12 hours of the run was through forest. Definitely. Yeah. At least 12 hours. I was just running through forest. Then I was on a lot of peatland and bogs and mountain tops, and I went through about maybe several several different environments that all had their own little 
sort of a mindful session with me where I stopped and maybe took in the peatland or stopped and then took in the, the forest, stopped and then took on the peak. Yeah, what, what does the peak look like, the, the view from the top and all that stuff. But yeah, forest bathing definitely, um, I probably was doing a bit of that on the way. <laughs> yeah, it definitely sounded like it. Um, what, what what season were you doing the challenge in? Was this a summer thing or a spring thing? Like, what kind of climate were you running in? Was it very damp for you? Did you have a lot of sunshine? I had um, various different climates because it's what in Wales, but we did it in the summer. But Wales is notorious for being sunny and rainy in, in one day uh, very quickly. And I, I had, um, I would say, one day of solid rain and then uh, a lot of days which were extremely hot just pure i think it was about 30 well, for us that's hot i think 34 degrees um yeah. celsius that that was quite hot um and then i had some showers as well so it was, yeah it was a bit it was a bit varied um which meant that i had to be prepared for everything right so then it goes that, back down to that whole preparation thing again just be ready for all sorts of weather um so that 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 i had waterproofs with me and I had a means of getting dry as well with me, like a little towel and things like that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, um, I also had to run through rivers, which I didn't think I would have to do. I knew that I had to run like on, you know, you have the stepping stones like over rivers. But I actually had to run through rivers like to, to my waist high. <laughs> so, oh, wow. so there was, yeah, so I had to like swim across uh, rivers as well. So there was, there was um, times where it was raining and then it would, it would stop raining and I'd get dry and then I'd have to go for a river <laughs> and oh carry goodness. on. It was, I mean, it gets to a point um, where on day two, I realized that I needed to be way more open-minded and just accept every 10K as it came because every 10K was different. Every 10K had a different set of challenges. And I, that's like a metaphor for life or with your mental health or on your day, like every hour is different every two or three hours different so i deal with anxiety i have a lot of anxiety um i've had issues with anxiety for years and one of the things anxiety is worrying about the future all the time so these sort of challenges are quite good for me because in a way they help me kind of relax and let go of the future so you know after about 12 hours of being beat down by things that i wasn't expecting the next 12 hours i'm like well i can't expect these things because i it i didn't it didn't come true last time so you start getting better at managing that anxiety because you start accepting things as they come mm -hmm. and that's what i've started to try and do a lot more in my life is just accept things as they come as well i mean we've all got visions and goals and where we want to be but there, there is a lot of you know, hiccups that life throws at you you can't control life so let it let it let it be at times Absolutely. And just, you know, arming yourself with the tools to, to, I guess, manage or deal with those things as they come up is, is so important, right? Yeah, definitely. And that's why I always like throwing myself into scary things because it's unknown. It's unknown. Yeah. And I know this out of the comfort zone. I mean, everyone hears it. It's probably been said on your podcast a few times, but yeah, this out of the comfort zone or dealing with those difficult tasks, even is harder, that, that is just mental training for um dealing with difficulties and it helps you manage your mental health become more resilient yeah absolutely i think for myself anyways there's nothing more scary to me than just becoming stagnant and doing the same thing day in and day out like 
you know, I, it's, it's funny, like even, you know, I thought when I was younger, I'm like, okay, I'm going to finish, finish school, become a paramedic and everything's going to be great. Right. And then I find like, okay, well, there's got to be more than this. Right. So I would always take on these challenges and, and, you know, from, from bodybuilding in my younger years to martial arts, to, to now, like, you know, this, this passion of doing podcasting and speaking with people all over the world, which is, which is really interesting. And I want to continue to do this for, for many years to come. Cause I, I, I think I get more out of it than my listeners do, but <laughs> yes, yeah, so really you, right. You got great talks. You have really interesting insights from different speakers. Oh, I think thank you. Yeah. I love, I love hearing awesome. every, awesome. everybody's stories and their journeys and, and, and giving them a platform to share it and, and get it out there. And cause it's, it, it is such a great community, but yeah, I always try to keep busy and, and learn new things and get out of that comfort zone. Right. Like self-teaching guitar, like, whatever it is like fixing guitars like recently i had we have like a inflatable hot tub in the backyard and the motor broke on it the other day it was like oh no i have to get a new one I said wait maybe i can fix this so go onto youtube and then check it out I'm like oh it looks like i could fix this so i ordered my part and repair it it's, it's up and going again right so just whatever it's just gotta deal with things as they come right yeah totally after yeah oh do you know what you saying that has has, has made me think about one of the other big motivated motivations that I was developing on that run was that bigger purpose than yourself. So you, you doing this podcast, you're able to share incredible stories, incredible learnings with a lot of people that drives you to do it because you're able to give and serve and help others. And I think that when I was doing the run, I was doing the run, we had a film. There was a person filming me um, going, going, doing the run. And we're going to have a film that comes out of this and it's going to be a mental health, mental health focus film. So that's in, you know, dedication to the charity and that sort of film was sort of the motivation as well. Need to, you know, keep going and push through. And some of the difficult moments was that, yeah, if I do this and I, I get through this difficult, really hard thing, but probably one of the hardest things I've ever done. It might inspire and motivate others who are going through difficulties in their mental health to just try one more day and keep pushing themselves to 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 um, work on themselves and develop um, their own toolkits to 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 improve their their mental well being. So, Absolutely. Yeah. What uh, while you had mentioned what charity uh, was this run associated with? Um, do you know Charity Mind? Um, I've not heard of them. No, just from it, your website. It, it, they're, they're um, UK-based charity. They're one of the main ones in, in, in um, the UK. And they're, they're a mental health charity. They provide support services for people, those you know, with mental health, as well as um, education and research and things like this. So they're more the preventative before people get into a really difficult state where then they would be, uh, I guess, signposted to additional support um, mm-hmm. and things like this. So... I'm a big believer of dealing with the problem before it happens. And Absolutely. with mental health, I think one of the things, especially with men, we uh, guys are just love to wait until it's like unbelievably overbearing. And then we try and deal with the problem when it's huge. And yeah. I think with this charity, what it tries to do is install that preventative strategy where you start dealing with any tiny little issue that you have early on. And then that can stop that issue from getting bigger. And yeah. that also translates a lot with the run. 
So if I was getting a little rub on my shoe when I was running, immediately shoes off. I'm going to put a plaster or something over it so that that um, little rub doesn't turn into a big blister, but then gets infected and then I can't yeah. run. So I think that's very much how we should treat our minds. And this charity is bang on the ball of that, where they're trying to in get people involved, get people talking about mental health, people to come into supportive classes and things like that to build toolkits early on before they end up with this big blister that's in, you know, figuratively speaking, a yeah. big blister that's already causing them grief and they can't walk or something like that. So, yeah, yeah this, this is why I chose that charity. I'm also a trust. I'm a trustee of that charity as well. Wonderful. That's it's it's a great initiative, and I think the philosophy is bang on. I think, you know, you had mentioned. I know, like even in my line of work with men, um, f from the physical aspects um, with health related issues, we tend to ignore them until they these issues prevent us from from doing what we need to do. Right? Like I've I've had I don't know how many men they'll have pains in their chest or shortness of breath when they're going upstairs and they ignore it because oh, I can still, I can still do my stuff. And then next thing you know, they stopped dead in their tracks and I get to them and you're having a massive heart attack. We need to get you to, you know, a, a, um, a catheter lab to get the emergency PCI done or, or they, or they worst case, you know, they just drop dead. Right. Like sometimes wow. the first sign, first sign of health issues is, is sudden cardiac arrest. And, you know, there are usually warning signs that go along with those things, but men typically ignore them or, or will even have, um, again, it's a men thing. Uh, they'll drive themselves to the hospital and they'll walk in like, you needed to call an ambulance. Like, well, you should not have driven here, you know, and they get rushed right in. And it's, it's even with like injuries, like, you know, oh, my knee hurts. Well, I'll keep running. I can still run with this. It's just a little bit of pain. And then over time, all of a sudden, I can't even weight bear on my knee anymore. And you go and maybe you need surgery or whatever, where like you had mentioned, if you deal with it, when it happens, maybe you just need a little bit of ice, maybe a little bit of rest, maybe a little bit of physiotherapy, but you can carry on before you get to that big injury where now I need surgery and I can't do anything for six months because I let it go too far. So when you're dealing with, with the mind and mental health, you're right. It's, it's to be aware of when things are changing for you and you're not yourself to, to find somebody to talk to, to learn how to kind of explore why you're feeling that way and try to get to the root of it and and just face it and then then kind of can carry on instead of just shoving it under the rug and pretending it's not there um absolutely and on top of that it's learning to be vulnerable and actually turning vulnerability into a strength so i would mm -hmm. say one of the greatest assets that i i people say how do you do these things like these big challenges it's like i'm vulnerable i'm happy to be say that i'm weak and i will get help find out ways and get stronger and that allows me to do these things if i went in thinking i'm a hard guy i don't need to train i'm just going to just get on with this run i think that run would have spat me out because it dropped um i think at the beginning i was researching i was asking for advice and things like that and i was just accepting that i don't know the answers i am vulnerable and i think that's probably the first for most men first step for society is having an acceptance of weakness culture i think that needs to change mm -hmm. <laughs> but we can go into that whole that's a whole nother topic <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's uh oh it, it it is um 
you know, it's like a, it's like a spider web. There's so many different avenues you can, you can travel down with that. But um, I know that, you know, part of your, um, your activities or your forte is that you will um, plan and you'll deliver mental health workshops. Now, um, you know, let's, let's talk a little bit about that. Like what kind of workshops have you done in the past? Are they, are they geared towards, you know, men's mental health? Do you, is that something that's near and dear to you or like, let's get into um, that a little bit. I, t I tend to work with a lot of companies with this um, and it's just about identifying the early signs. Okay. So one of the, especially one of the big focuses in, in mind is essentially just getting everyone to understand what is mental health because people don't even know that they have physical and mental health people just don't even know what that is some some even to this day so that's probably i think the first sign is being aware that there is mental health so i do workshops that identifies mental health what types of mental health there are and then statistics and games like um how many people in the world have so and so bipolar disorder or something and it opens people's eyes that they are in a room, for instance, we're having this workshop and there's 20 people in a room. And I'll say one quarter of you right now are dealing with mental health issues. And th this is um, something that a lot of people are not aware of. So just the awareness piece, mainly in my workshops, it's just opening that sort of benchmark door. And then what I do is I will also translate some of my learnings that I get from doing big audacious challenges in you know, difficult places where you're under a lot of pressure and stress. There's a lot of uh, toolkits that you need to develop in your mind to be able to row across an Atlantic Ocean. That took 40 days to row across an ocean. The things that play on your mind when you're out there, you know, it, it's just, it can be quite difficult. And there's a lot of toolkits that I've learned from those, some of the things I've even said in this podcast that I take onto the workshop as well and try to apply it in a work context of such and i don't stop there because when they, you know they are a, a business and there's 20, 20 usually in a group or something like this i'll say what you're learning now isn't just for here you know you can take that home with you share it with your friends share it with, let the ripple effect continue bring it into other maybe even charity organizations your sport clubs that maybe you work in try to become someone of knowledge in this space because you don't know you could help someone um and then what i would do in the workshops is i'll point them towards ways they can train themselves to be a bit more aware so like peer become a peer supporter or something like this mm -hmm. in mental health or a peer or a mental health first aid or something like that it's only a few hours of, of training but you could you could potentially be you know someone who could save someone um and quite easily so i try to do that as well um in my workshops that's wonderful. It's that's great work, and and like you said, the the more people that you can get involved and and aware of this, you never know who they're going to help out on any given day. Right? Yeah. They may be even unaware that they've they've helped somebody by their actions. Yeah. Right? Your podcast, for instance, has a mental health focus theme in it, and someone might listen to the show and be like, "Oh, it just works." Because sometimes I can explain something to someone and it doesn't work. You could explain exactly the same thing, but in your way of explaining, and it would work for them. Because people sometimes listen or take in knowledge through the way it's um, delivered to them. Right. So by more people delivering, there's more chance that people would get the knowledge that they need or 
the support that they need because it's delivered in a more suitable way for them. So right. yeah. So let's let's get some more heroes out there doing mental Absol health. Awareness. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um so question for you. So you know let's say um you have somebody who who's become aware that okay I have some mental health struggles going on. Like, you know, I, I've listened to this podcast and now now I'm I'm aware of myself and I realize, you know what, I've got something going on. What should be one of the first steps they take once they recognize that they need help beyond what they can do for themselves? Where do they turn to? Who do they go to? What would you Yeah. Recommend? Well, recommend talking to somebody that maybe they trust mostly, just saying they're opening up, being vulnerable. I think as soon as you feel that something is up, the first thing you need to do is, I guess, be a, a, you know accepting that something is up. And then that acceptance allows you to get the help that you need and sort out the problem. Because if you can't take that first step of acceptance that something is wrong, you're never going to get the help you need. So being able to talk to someone you trust, be a bit open. And there's also a lot of helplines and I mean, you could Google like mental health support helplines in your area, and then there will be like charities or all sorts of different types of um, organizations that take a phone call or have a meeting with you and you have a, 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 a call with them and they could help you um, with the next steps that you might need to take. They, they might talk to you about your lifestyle, how you are, what, what's going on. And, you know, a lot of this can be for free, especially in the UK. We have a lot of free help like this. Um, you don't necessarily. Yeah, I mean, you don't actually necessarily need to talk to friends or family. You, or you could you could literally just pick up the phone to, to a charity or, or something like this. Um, like Mind, for instance, you could you could call um, your local Mind um, and then see if you can get some support there. Or, and then they would um, help you by guiding you to other avenues where you can get support or where you can read about what's going on up online. Because sometimes you might Google something and you, you get all sorts of stuff comes up on Google. Yeah. Um, I would advise everyone who feels like they're having issues with mental health, sometimes not to Google what this issue is and actually talk to maybe a reputable organization or someone that, 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 that has you know, a bit more credibility in the space who would then advise you on what to read <laughs> because sometimes you can read some stuff that makes you feel even worse than you are <laughs> it's, it's very um, true yeah yeah so the internet is, can be quite a difficult place so i wouldn't go there at the start or talk to somebody that you trust or try and find um by going i don't know to your local gp or something like this some more information um about mental health support in your area yeah great advice i could even speak to this on from personal experience i know sometimes Sometimes you get set up with with a counselor or somebody or a therapist um, to discuss certain things. And sometimes I think it's important to recognize that personalities may not always gel. Like I've, I had one therapist that I went to and after my first session, I was like, I can't go back to this person. It just, I didn't under, think if they were understanding me, what I was saying, or just, we weren't connecting on that level where I felt like it was going to be beneficial for me. And I just, you know, I'd called back to the um, it was the employee assistance program that, you know, we have that we can call. And, and I was like, I need to find another, another therapist because that one didn't work out too well. Right. And yeah, no problem, whatever. So sometimes, you know, you have that initial meeting and you can kind of feel, feel each other out and see if it's going to be a good, um, a good, uh, connection or not. Right. Yeah. And that's yeah, okay you, if it's, it's not. really, really important for that trust. 
Yeah. Um, so that you can be vulnerable and feel safe in the space. Yeah. If you and don't I'm, feel I'm, if you don't feel it, you, it's not going to help you. I don't yeah. think. And I'm just going to say it to you because, you know, back then, this was a number of years ago, I was going through a divorce from my first marriage and uh, having a really tough time with it. So I'm sitting there and I'm pouring my heart out to this, to this therapist. She hears everything I have to say and she puts me in front of her computer and plays a, a YouTube video of some meditation. I'm like, what am I doing here? Like right now, oh. I was like, what's going on? This is not what I need. So that was the last time I saw her. You know, yeah, you're like you, you, cracking jokes about what I was going through. I was like, oh my God, what's happening here? So, well, not a good not. experience on my end. <laughs> maybe not. Yeah. 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 I think um I was like, anyone, I could have done this uh, at home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the, I mean, what they do is some people can give you preventative strategies that yeah. you can take home as well. You could phone the mind, for instance, and they will send you a toolkit of different things that you can do at home um, just to help you whilst whilst you you know going on a waiting list to talk to someone as well um, but yeah that's funny um that they just thought that a youtube video would solve solve the issue yeah <laughs> there is no real conversation it's okay here watch this video <laughs> yeah um be careful where you where you go and if, if you if yeah within within a couple of minutes if it's going like that i think yeah time to find another one yeah yeah there are good ones out there guys listening there are are. i've had i've had very many good ones in the past it's something that you know because of because of my job and my career and my wife is very good to kind of recognize even if i don't if something's off with me she'll bring it up like you know what you are right something's off and then you know a lot of times a lot of times sometimes just going for a nice trail run helps me kind of sort things out and i'm okay other times it's not, and if it's lingering around, I'm like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to go down that therapy route and find a counselor. And sometimes it just takes one or two sessions just to kind of work through, through whatever it is. And then I'm good to go again. Right. But I think it, it all starts, like you had said, with that, with that self-awareness, right. And recognizing when you get to that point and to, to face that um, early on before it becomes an injury. Right. Yeah. A mental injury. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Physical absolutely. health, mental health, that sort of learning is definitely why I try getting those workshops because I think people think of physical injuries very different to mental injuries. But there are it is a it is a thing. Mental it's, illness, it's, mental health problem. It's it's an injury in yeah. such. Yeah, no, absolutely it is. So um I just we're getting to the end of our time here but i'm wondering if you're willing to play just a, a quick little game i do this with some of my guests where we just i'll kind of give you some rapid fire questions probably related to running and we'll just kind of go from there how's that yeah sound? sounds fun yeah i love rapid fire all yeah. right all i don't right. know how so, rapid i'll be <laughs> that's okay i don't know how rapid my questions will be because these aren't predetermined questions but i guess i'll start off with the one i always start off with what kind of shoes do you prefer to run in i run in um innovate um trail run shoes um so they, they, they're about four to five mil lugs okay wonderful are they uh are do they have a high stack on them or a shorter stack uh they the have cushion? Uh, the the cushion is um uh sort of short stack um so i i, I don't have too high um when when i'm running because wonderful I, I like to keep uh, kind of more average really so yeah, mid, yeah. mid-level i would say okay uh, would you say you tie your left shoe first or your right shoe first? <laughs> <laughs> do, do you know what? Actually, um, it changes, I would say. Oh, but, it does. Um, 
Yeah, I do. I, I, I do. It's, it's basically because if you're on a hill, it's what legs in front of you uh, or, or something <laughs> like that. Or usually it's like whatever legs in front of me when I've noticed that my um, shoelaces are done. But let, let's go left. Let's go left. Let's go left. All right. I think yeah. that's the most common answer to that question. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, what's your favorite season to run in? Oh, do you know what I really like is spring. I think oh, really? spring is a beautiful time. Well, because I run outside. Um, I, I, if I'm outside and you see all of the everything blooming and it's it's just like, yes, and now we're going to have longer hours, more time outside. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, um, yeah. Do you prefer running early in the day, afternoon or evening or night? I'm more of an, I'm an afternoon person. I like to do all my training if I can. If I can do my training in the afternoon, I will, because afternoon is where I have the biggest slump in the day and I find exercise is a great way to take, like say you're working on projects, whatever, and you hear about one, two o'clock after lunch or thing, and one goes a bit, mm, you know, my mind is not really there, but my, my body is. So I will go for a run or something like that. And I find that I come back after that and I can push on the last few hours of the day quite well. Um, so yeah, I'm an afternoon person. Okay. And do you like to listen to music while you run? mixture yeah um sometimes i do um sometimes i like to listen to music if i haven't listened to music on that day i'll put the music on in for the run um but if it depends where i am running like if i'm in the urban area music definitely if i'm not in, if i'm in nature rarely music ever yeah. i just listen to the surroundings um, that's i'm the, the same music. way yeah birds <laughs> i don't want to listen to uh, cars so i put music in yeah if i'm in an urban area yeah do you do you have a go-to song that that gets you up and and picks up your pace a little bit when you're running uh yeah i do i have I've quite a few go-to songs but one of my favorite ones uh have you heard of the band muse yes do you know okay so do you know the um the song supermassive black hole <laughs> have you heard that one before? Th that title sounds familiar i'd have to hear it but probably yeah 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 if that I heard one, it, I'd be like, okay, I know that one. That one is really rock on, and that, that one it will, it will get me going. For, there you like, go. A big, big run, yeah. Oh, or, 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 oh, here, here, Prod Prodigy. Near Prodigy. Don't know them, no. Okay, uh, Firestarter. People maybe have heard that oh, one. Oh, Firestarter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's that a good one. one. That's, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, oh, that's good. Um, What's your favorite kind of um, guilty pleasure food to eat? Guilty pleasure food to eat would probably be some, something where I never feel bad about eating it or I feel bad about eating it. So it's something that like I shouldn't be eating, but I, I don't feel bad about it at all. I would, I'll probably go for something like... Um, I'll probably go for something that's like to do with sort of like you know chips i just yeah. i like chip i like chips but i just feel they're just so fatty and they're just you can eat so much of them because they're so picky now are you talking so, you uk chips like what, what yeah. we would call french fries <laughs> yeah well yeah french fries i can i can eat a lot of that and then yeah. i over i overeat that sometimes yeah it's well, quite they're easy oily, they're nice. yeah. yeah yeah and then just any dip works for them <laughs> yeah yeah my my guilty pleasure and, and weakness is chocolate. Sometimes I just oh, you can go for your oh, lot of bars. I get some chocolate and like sometimes I I'll just overdo it, you know. So I I usually try to stay away from it, but then it's like 
I've had one. Oh, I'll have another chocolate bar. I'm like, okay, cheat day. <laughs> Whatever. It's cheat bad. day, yeah. It's bad. I try to I try to stay away from it though because you know you get uh, you can overdo it very easily. You yeah. can, you can. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Isaac, it's it's been such a pleasure talking to you and and really appreciate all the work that you're doing for for mental health and and the challenges that you've put through. I mean, we could we could spend hours and hours talking about all this wonderful stuff you've done. So I think I think we'll have to get you back on the show at some point to talk about some of the other challenges and adventures that you've you've been through. Yeah, I've got I've got another kind of running type challenge coming up as another mental health one. And so yeah, I could I'll let you know about that one too. Awesome. Briefly, what is it? I'm curious. Um so this time it, it's it's an iron man. So it's not all running. Yeah. And it, it's a made up route that I've made. Um and it's with a weighted vest. So oh, wow. I'm looking I'm looking challenge. well, it's yeah, it's, it, it translates to the message of yeah, you're having a hard day, you're having a hard day, but if you've got a mental health behind you, it's even harder. So like it's for me, it's like the Iron Man has just is a hard day, and then suddenly you have bad mental health as well, which is the weight invest. And it's like dealing with that extra weight and that side of things, and what you can do to maybe alleviate the weight. Wow. So yeah, there's there's a yeah another there's another nice story of maybe I don't know they might they might translate well. Yeah, we'll have to talk about that for sure. I, I love the theme that you put in with your runs. There's always something associated with mental health, and you have a you have a great way of connecting the two together. Isaac, the last, one last thing I have to say to you, and you've already done this, but we we end every show off with this phrase: is to run wild, my friend, run wild. Totally, I will be doing that. And that brings us to the end of another great episode of Trail Tales ARP. Thank you so much for joining us yet again. I'm Sean Sobon. And I'm Russell, the runner. If you'd like to support the show, we'd greatly appreciate it if you leave us a review on Apple, Google, or Spotify, or wherever you get the podcast from. And we really do appreciate the time and commitment you take to join us on every episode. Uh, you can also email us at trailtalesarp at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at trail underscore tales underscore ARP. We will see you next week. See you next time. Run wild.